Hey, it's Brian Buford from the Employee Success Center at the University of Louisville. And I love nothing more than helping people find meaning and purpose in their jobs. So join me here to talk about how we can make each day in your workplace a great experience and learn from the stories of amazing people who are leaning into their gifts and talents, all to help you be your best self at work. This is the Employee Success Podcast. So I want to tell you all a little story. Not too long ago, I was visiting uh, the athletics department here at the University of Louisville doing a workshop that I do pretty often about um, effective supervision. I was talking to a group of supervisors in the room, and I was sharing with them Gallup's Q12, which is all about employee engagement, Um, the 12 indicators of engagement. Things like, I know what's expected of me. Someone has talked to me in the last six months about my progress. And then I got to my favorite indicator of employee engagement, my favorite one to talk about for sure, and that is I have a best friend at work. And um, I usually anticipate a, a little bit of pushback from audiences about this one. We're going to talk about this a bit today, that people have some feelings about, you know, cultivating close friendships at work, maybe think there should be a strong boundary. Um, That's what I typically get. But what I got from this athletics crowd was uh, like there was like a rumble of excitement through the room, some giggling and then some pointing. And I'm like, what, what, what is going on? And they're like, we have best friends right here in athletics. Olivia Piven and Zach Greenwell are best friends. They, everybody was so proud to have two of their own who had cultivated a best friendship. So um, guess what? Olivia and Zach are here today to talk to us about their friendship and for us to talk about this topic of having a best friend at work. Olivia and Zach, welcome. Hey! hey. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Uh, so good to have you. That was such a cool. Uh, that was such a cool thing that day to see um, every. Like it sort of had an impact on everybody there that you all are best friends. Yeah, we immediately made eye contact. <laughs> we, we had one person, very quickly. We had more, we had one person in between us, and you said that comment about having best friends at work, and we whipped our heads around and immediately made eye contact and everyone started laughing and was like, of course, you all would look at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that was where the idea was born for you all to come today. And I so appreciate it. Tell, will you all just each share a little bit with um, folks about what you do in athletics? Sure. You want me to go? Um, I'm the director of brand marketing and licensing over in athletics. So um, I really do a lot of brand management, um, logo infringement, trademarks, um, all the great um, UofL merchandise that you buy at the store comes oh, across my office. Okay. Um, and then just a lot of projects that um, that hit our overall brand um, and advance our brand in a, in a positive way. I'm an associate AD for communications, so I work with our media relations crew, our social media crew. Uh, name, image, likeness, and then as far as sports specific, I work with men's basketball quite a bit. I travel with them on the road doing all mm-hmm. their media relations, and then I work with baseball too. I know getting you here today was a little challenging because <laughs> it's a of very the, tough time right <laughs> now. Your schedule. Yeah. We feel lucky you're here. Yes, that's why I can't. That's why we had to catch up sitting here this morning because. I haven't seen him because he's on the road all the time with basketball. So I was like, he's the complicated schedule right now. So yes, work it out. Yes. You're going a lot too. We go, okay, to, we okay. go to each other's offices a lot and uh, take we a photo pictures. of the other person not there. Yeah, oh, we're like, right. I came to see you. You're not here again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, um, Zach and Olivia, just a, a little context here. I've been reading this um, article from the Harvard Business Review, a recent article, talking about this issue of friendship at work. And um, they pointed out that the average person spends 81,396 hours, the equivalent of more than nine years, at work. Um, and I, I'm going to guess for you all in athletics, that's a, um, like a conservative <laughs> estimate. <laughs> I think you all spend a lot more time than the average person at work because you all are so passionate and athletics is all-consuming. I would say at work and then taking work with us 
everywhere we go. Yes. Like things popping up. And again, like we were saying with basketball, I'm traveling a lot of the week. And yeah, so yeah it's pretty all consuming. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty 24 7 dedication for sure. Oh my goodness. Yes. And so, if knowing that that's the case for you all, and that for most Americans, they're spending, you know, a great majority of their lives at work, it's not surprising that they're the place where we're most likely to make friendships uh, is at work more than any other way, including school and in the neighborhood, at church, or even through existing friends. Like work is the place where friendships are being cultivated. And, um, and we'll talk about this. There's some evidence, you know, that having close friendships is actually a great benefit at work, that we're more productive, that we are more engaged, that we show up more if we are close to people, that we have a best friend. Um, but, our, but the world of work, as I said uh, in the intro, is, um, you know, sets some boundaries around that or may discourage us from having closer friendships. And we want to talk about what we can do about that. Um, I just wonder if you all, just to get us started here, would you just tell us how you became best friends? <laughs> We're trying to figure that out for this call. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think more than anything, what, what, we were talking about this coming into this, the thing that maybe we hadn't really stopped to think about was the fact that we worked together for several years, probably before we were really close mm -hmm. friends. Um, at Western Kentucky, we, we Olivia was in marketing, I was in media relations, and we worked together, but not so closely um, to that point. I would say probably 2019 yeah. is what we were trying to target. <laughs> Last night, just trying to think of benchmarks. Like before COVID, and, I don't uh, know, we, you know, that's like a fever yeah. dream, so. Yeah, I mean, we we both got elevated into new positions there that challenged us in a lot of ways. I think we both had a lot of responsibility, new responsibilities on our plate. I think we kind of bonded yeah. over that a little bit. We were kind of in it together. Two people who had been very established in the department left. Um, and a lot of those things fell on us to kind of figure out together. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's to me, I think that's where a lot of it came from. Yeah. I think we relied on each other a lot during that time period. And then it just kind of cultivated this super, you know, tight friendship um, because we were at a smaller institution, obviously, in a much smaller athletic department where here there may be, you know, 10 people doing that one thing. And, and where we were, it was it was me and Zach doing all of those things. Wow. Um, and so there's a lot of pressure on us. And there was a lot of like, we had never done this before. Let's figure it out. And so instead of, you know, trying to make our own path for each other, we just decided to figure it all out together. So then it got us here to the next place together yeah. again. <laughs> right, so, right, right. That's also a funny story. <laughs> so when you, uh, so as this friendship grew, when did you like add the the label best friend they, or did you <laughs> or did you i know others are like they're best friends do you all f consider yourselves best friends yes, yes we do yes, <laughs> okay but i don't know coming going through this process of coming to louisville yeah was probably part was, of that was probably I, um yeah. yeah that was very significant and then along the way um you know we became friends outside of work more too you yeah. know um both of our spouses now, I think, became part of that um, mm -hmm. as far as all of us getting along really well. And I think that kind of changed the dynamic a little bit, too. You know, it, it wasn't all about the yeah. common goals of work yes. anymore. You know, there was there was the bond beyond that, yeah. which obviously was a, a huge part of friendship. Maybe you'll start to figure out, but Zach is like super introverted and I'm very extroverted. So we're actually <laughs> complete opposites. Yeah. And then his wife like loves to go and do things, isn't it? Like and loves to go to concerts and do all the things that I love to do. And then my husband would stay home and, and have no problem like letting us and he's the same exact way. So we really got that bond outside of work with our spouses too, where it was like the boys never want to do anything because they're so introverted. Like we'll just go together. Uh, and then our interests were very similar in outside of work, which yes. is also a, a bigger thing to talk about. You know, we talked about having friends at work, but athletics is so different. Like if you don't have friends at work, you're going to be very depressed because we're together more than with our families. Oh, right. Um, and so I think that's a, a really big thing to note too. But um, I think then you sometimes get identified by just sports, sports, sports. And you're like, yeah. no, you have other interests. And our other interests matched up too. So um, that just made it even stronger for sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this really critical moment in your career for each of you, which was the transition mm -hmm. moving here. Um, and and how did you all help each other through that? What would And I'm thinking, what would it have been like if you had done that without a best friend? I mean, what would that 
Transition it would be to totally Italian. different. I'll start because I was at Western Kentucky for, I went to school there and worked there for seven years and, and didn't have another job. You know, that was all I knew. He worked as a beat writer for the local newspaper and then kind of transitioned in athletics. So he had had, you know, he had transitioned from one job to another before. I'd never done that before. Um, and so I had been presented with this opportunity really just to move back to Louisville in general. Had a couple opportunities that I was dabbling with, one that I took here at the university and so I went into his office, took my lunch and shut the door and he knew that something was up. And so I sat down and told him, like, I have to tell you something, like, I, I think that I'm going to move to Louisville. And I told him what was going on. And I was like, I've got to talk to you about this. Like, I, I need you to, like, give me advice. And he's like, just staring at me. And I'm like, what's the problem? Like, I'm like, spit it out. And he's like. I, I think I may be going to Louisville, too. And I was like, you're joking. So I got to tell you something, too. <laughs> oh, he was like, my I had, goodness. He was like, I was going to tell you, like, this is perfect timing. And I was like, you're lying. And so I think for me, I was transitioning from, you know, to a different job for the very first time. And so it's a very scary thing to do, going from something that you're so comfortable doing. You have all the relationships. Like, I felt like I could really do big things where I was, and then I'm just going to move and, and know no one. Um, obviously I knew people in the city of Louisville, but at the university and, and so that was super scary. Yes. Um, but being able to know that we literally started on the same day, um, went to your all's, uh, orientation together uh. <laughs> and, um, and that just made it a lot less scary. Yeah. Um, and I was just a little bit more confident knowing that I had someone that already knew who I was and believed in me and, and yes. knew who, you know, knew what I was capable of made it made it so much better. But there was, I mean, at that point, I knew I was coming to Louisville no matter what, the city of Louisville. Um, I just hadn't made a decision on a job that I was going to take. And so, and mine was more, it was more personal, moving back with family. My husband's from here too. And then he hadn't made up his mind yet. Um, And it had probably been, I mean, after we had that moment where we both realized we may be going to Louisville, it was weeks probably after that. And I think the biggest thing it kind of showed now that I look back on it, that our relationship was so strong that I not, I didn't like hit him and be like, well, you have to go, (laughs) you know, like most friends would be like, you have to go with me. Like there's no ifs, ands or buts. Like we're best friends. We have to go together. I never gave him that sort of pressure because I already knew that his mind was like spinning because that's just how he is sometimes. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, And, and so I didn't want to stress him out even more. I just wanted to be there, like whatever he needed to talk about. Like, I just wanted to be there for him, even though in the back of my head, I'm like, my gosh, this would just be amazing. Like if he came with me, but I didn't want to do any pressure. And then um, a couple weeks later, he finally called me and we were on our way to work and he was like, I'm, I'm going to take the job. And I was like, and this was just over the phone. So I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, this is great. And then I saw him in person and he came to my office and I'll never forget. And he just like shuts the door and he looks at me and he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I just start bawling. Yeah, I was going to say, I was wondering if you were going to tell that part. <laughs> and I don't cry. Like I'm not a crier. I'm very tough. Oh, I say that I'm tough. Uh, but like that. I'm not a crier and I just start bawling. And he's like, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia, stop. <laughs> and in that moment, I think I I knew that we were close and I knew that he meant a lot to me. But like, I guess like that moment, knowing that we were doing this together, like, I was like, okay, like, I think this is, he's my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. I, I think I, I did struggle a lot with that decision. She's she's right. I, I think I, I felt really good about where things were headed at, at Western Kentucky and, and where I was. And um, Olivia was just kind of in a different place. And coming back here was important to her. So we, we were kind of on different different wavelengths at that time. Um and I, and I think both of us, I think, are pretty strong-willed individuals. Like, we could have easily made this decision, one of us to, to stay and one of us to go in, in any direction um, and still been really close and, and been um, been doing really well. But it, it's amazing looking back on it, the difference I think it made, especially early on here. And, oh, yeah. it, I mean, even something like orientation, where, like, it's so welcoming and and. Trust me, that's amazing. Like, um, it is a little bit of a first day of school sure. feel. <laughs> yes. I mean, not just there, but then going into work and everything and having someone that you trust yes. just completely through that early process makes such a difference, I think. Yes, yes. yes. You can't always bring your best friend to your next job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that is not fortunate. realistic <laughs> yeah, at all. I know um, that's not helpful for most people. But. And then they actually put our offices across from each other. But I've moved since now. But when we first got here, I mean, like, I could literally yell his name and be like, are you in there? <laughs> um, so that was like, oh God, here we go. Now our offices are five feet from each other. But so now you're here, um, yeah. and you've been here for a, a couple years. And how's and so that friendship then has continued to be a source of um, support 
you know, um, what are some of the things you can think of that make your friendship also a key to your success at work? If you think about your your career success and connecting that to having such a close friend that you can call upon. I think the first thing for me I'll say is just honesty, like like brutal honesty. Yeah. Um, I think having someone who can call you on your stuff basically and, and you know, we can have very, very truthful conversations about things that either of us are dealing with. And um, if one of us thinks the other one's in the wrong, like we'll tell the other person that they're in the wrong. Right. We were talking about this the other day. We had something come up that we had a disagreement on <laughs> something we were working on. And um, I just flat out told Olivia, I don't think that's a very good idea. <laughs> um, and she'll do She'll be the first to do the same thing with me. And I yeah. think that's so important because we, yeah. we don't take any of it personally. And, and I think we both understand the value of having someone that will tell you what you need to hear. And, and not always what you want to hear. And I think that's that's especially been been really, really good for me just to have someone I can go to and bounce that off and don't feel like, uh, you know, maybe some of my staff won't give me the same consistent, honest feedback, you yes. know, that I can get um, or, or people above me won't give me the same thing. So that's been huge for me. Just I feel like is a really good gauge of where I actually stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the same. Like, I think we mentioned it when you came and visited us and that was something that you loved that we said. Like, we were like, we're not sitting here saying that we're best friends and it's all rainbows and butterflies like we're not sitting here you know you know like when you look at your friend and you you're really not true best friends if you can't look at your friend and say no you're wrong um this is what you should do or this is what you should be saying to that person um and so i think that was like the stigma that like people were like oh you're best friends like you're truly not helping people grow Mm -hmm. and and you know giving the honest truth and that's that's not you know that's not the case here and so we're able to do that and usually i'm the one that's like I'll go on a rant and I'll just be going, going, going. And he's over here being quiet as a mouse. And then I'll look at him and I can just see it on his face. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, what what did I – tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> and then he'll be like, I mean, <laughs> maybe you should just calm down just a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, and so he keeps me grounded in, in that aspect. But, yeah, just I think the honesty is the best thing for us and, and the trust to be able to know that we're not just saying it to say it. Like I care about – how he's going to be seen and, and looked and what he should, how his decisions should be made. And he cares the same about me rather than just, oh yeah, you're right. Like you should stand on, you know, may, maybe that's the case, but like, I, I'm always like, well, why don't you think of the other person or why don't you think of the other side of this? Um, and I think that's, that's a true friendship um, that makes it better for, you know, your workplace and beyond. I think that's absolutely the key here, like honesty, but um also sort of couched in like someone who really does care about you. So yeah. we yeah. we can get harsh, you yeah. know, we can get harsh feedback at work from all around, from coworkers, from supervisors, from students. Good Lord, students will tell you the, the absolute honest truth. <laughs> the difference, I think, for you all is that you know where it's coming from. And you know, at the end of the day, it's because you all care about each other. You care more about each other's success. Um, and that's why you're like willing to push each other a little bit. And I think there's a way we can we can hear that feedback from someone that we just absolutely know has our back. Yeah, for sure. And not to say, and we talked about this last night, like we're under the same umbrella, like an external umbrella over in athletics, but like I don't report to Zach. We, we report to a different person. Like we cross over day to day for sure um, on different projects and things. And we're both on like external leadership, but um not to say that you have to go attract a best friend that like you don't, you know, you're not in the same umbrella, but I think it does work because we also have sometimes have totally different work days um, yes. to where it's not like we're doing the same type of thing every single day together. Um, then that would probably get a little overwhelming. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know what no, I'm trying no, to say? No, no, I think, I don't know that it would work the same way if we yeah. were in a, in a direct space together yeah. all the time. I, I do think that would make it a lot more difficult to have some of those hard conversations mm-hmm. the same way, but, but she's right. Having a little bit of a buffer between our, our daily work, even though they, they cross over a lot pretty much every day. Um, I think that's big too. I, Cause I do think there are different boundaries that come mm-hmm. into play in like a, a direct overlap. Yeah. When you're coming work. with yeah. the dynamic of superiors and, and who you're reporting to and, and we don't cross over like that um, where it's, you yeah. know, can be a, a boundary issue for yeah. sure. I'm thinking about go, when you go through some hard times. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about you crying, and which is, you know, for you unusual, <laughs> yeah. not something you usually do, and and what that 
what it means to have somebody at work mm -hmm. that you can be that vulnerable with. And I don't know if you have any stories or thoughts about like going through tough times at work mm -hmm. and what it's meant to have each other as friends through those. Yeah. I don't know about a specific story, but like you, you talk about Olivia crying. Like <laughs> I am very introverted. She's right. I'm very reserved. Mm -hmm. I get told a lot that like in a complimentary way that like I can be very calm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that it comes off that way, but I'm not calm all the time. <laughs> Olivia knows that. And like, um, that's an interesting thing for me, like an outlet for that a little bit. Um, you know, the ability to vent. I don't, I don't have a specific story to tie that to, but yep. she knows better than everybody that um, she's seen the other side of me. Like, what did you say I was? You said I, what did, some about my mind, something. Yeah, your mind starts spinning. Yeah. I can always yeah. tell yeah. when your mind's spinning. Uh, yeah. Because um, he, he'll let it spin in here and he won't let it out. I'm like, just yell about I, it. And I don't, I don't think <laughs> I show that yeah. externally yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so getting me through that, um, and people are like, I was asked how, how I've stayed calm through things. And I'm like, well, there's, there's a few people in my life that have, that have heard about it. <laughs> and Olivia is one of them just right. to get me through those things. Yeah. Right, right. You know, um, I'm looking back to this um, Harvard Business Review article, and it talks about a bit about this pandemic of loneliness mm -hmm. in the United States, mm -hmm. that people are really lonely. Um, more than 300 million people globally don't have a single friend and more than 20% of people don't have friends or family they can count on when they need them. And I think this is true. I think, I suspect the pandemic accelerated that sense of isolation and loneliness that people had. Absolutely. What was it, how did you all cultivate or keep your friendship going during the pandemic? How did you stay connected to each other? Well, we mentioned last night that when we were talking about this and trying to remember things, um, we talked. We went back to work pretty early in the pandemic, so we stayed home for a little bit. Um, but we were able to go back to work pretty quickly. So I think we were around each other. But I, honestly, for me personally, like that's when I really started to have like a bit of an identity crisis, which then really cultivated into me coming to the University of Louisville was because I felt like I was um, truly being identified by my work. Yeah, and I was just like really like struggling with that like you know there was times before the pandemic where I was like this is amazing like I love my work like I will die for my work you know like all of those things like I'm just super career driven and then the pandemic made you slow down um and then made you realize like if I took all of my work friends out of it you know who do I have right um and you know and, and there were work friends but then there were like people like him where it was like it was different right like our, our friendship and connection was different than just like oh I enjoy being around this person you know nine to five or or whatever and and I, I couldn't answer that question like I, I truly didn't have a lot out of I had my spouse which is great but you know sometimes you need other options right um and and so I I think that's where loneliness stemmed from or identity crisis stemmed from me which then kind of cultivated to me to look into maybe you know, challenging myself and, and leaving, which then kind of, you know, who do you have that you can you can really talk to that makes you feel um, not as lonely and that you can be real with? Because, you know, I couldn't, these work friends that I talked about, quote unquote, like I couldn't tell them that I was thinking about leaving because then they would go in a huge turmoil and freak out and be right. like, you can't leave, you can't right. leave us. But like, I knew I could go to him because he's thinking about me and what's best for me and, and not how it's, you know, may hurt our department. Right. I'm like, we'll be fine. Well, you know, everyone's replaceable. That's what we say this all the time. Everyone is replaceable. Right. Maybe tough at the beginning, but everyone is replaceable. And so for me, he was thinking about my struggles and what I was having in that moment rather than my other quote unquote friends were thinking more of like, how are we going to do this, you know, without you or, or making me feel guilty. And that's definitely what I didn't need to feel. Um, and so that was, I mean, the pandemic kind of stemmed all of those feelings out of me. Um, and also I'm never like a lonely person. I could talk to a brick wall, but <laughs> Zach always likes to say, you say I'm your best friend, but you have like 15 best friends. I'm like, that's not true. You that's, run that out pretty loosely. That's, that's not true. That's not true. Everyone knows that it's different. But, um, I mean, that's how I felt coming out of the pandemic, which really like was the whole reason for this transition. So, yeah. um, was huge for me. But. Yeah, I feel like I had a really good support system through the pandemic. But what's interesting about you saying that is just I became very hyper aware 
of that situation just due to the people that I managed mm -hmm. at the time. Oh, and yeah. Olivia, I would say, was in a very similar boat. Mm -hmm. um, being at a smaller school, um, we tend to manage, especially in those areas of communications marketing, you tend to um, manage a lot of younger people, mm -hmm. you know, 23 to 27, pretty young, out of college, many of them single, many of them have moved far across the country. And I, I know during COVID, I became hyper aware of that, of just literally almost my entire staff were, were isolated in their apartments or yes. homes um, by themselves with no one nearby. Um, and I became very, very conscious of that just because of what I had. Um, so I think that that was very real. So maybe I didn't feel it as much for myself. Um, but I think I, I even still feel that. I still manage a lot of younger people. And I think there are residual effects still from the pandemic on that a little bit in right. terms of the relationship right. building and, and kind of coming back out and grow, seeing growth on those things. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a, because we do new employee orientation here, I'm aware that every week we have new folks from athletics mm -hmm. who are moving across the country often um, by them, sometimes by themselves, um, that that's part of your world as people are, have to be willing to relocate for career growth. Yeah. Um, more than any, I mean, certainly here at UofL, I see that more than I see in other, you know, areas of work, but in athletics, you all, and so that, so there is that sense of like loneliness. So, and we know you all are just the like perfect examples of how critical friendship is. Um, but why, so I would love your help because I am out there all the time having this conversation with people, um, kind of that pushback of like, um, one, my best friend is from second grade, and I, you know, that's my best friend. And I'm like, that's great. You might need more than one best friend. Yeah. Um, but having one at work, there's a sense of like, we don't do that at work. I don't let my guard down with people at work the way I do with my family or others. So um, help me, Zach and Olivia. <laughs> what, what would you, how would you respond to that idea that we shouldn't? cultivate close friendships at work we should be like we should have a professional identity and not be our true selves I mean I do think like you said there's there's this like stigma out there that you know if you have a best friend at work it makes you unprofessional and that's totally not the case um but I do think there's a way to have a best friend at work and and create boundaries that that make a lot of sense um but I think from I mean my just personal opinion is that if you don't have someone that's inside, you know, the walls that you're working in, that is someone other than your supervisor. Like your supervisor is supposed to be there for you. Your supervisor is supposed to set you up for success. It's supposed to make you grow. It's great, but it's your supervisor, you know? Yeah. Like you can't be best friends, you know, with your supervisor. That's just really hard. You can be friends. You can you can get on a personal level. Absolutely, you should. Um, but it's just, there's just, sometimes they're not going to tell you, you know, if they tell you the hard truth, you're going to take it a little bit harder because you never want to disappoint your supervisor, but there's just a type of growth as an individual that you will lack if there's no one there to help challenge you that's not your supervisor, I yes. think is is my opinion. Um, or someone that you can trust and vent to. And because another thing that we talked about last night was like trying not to take this stuff home. Yeah. Like we take yeah. work home all the time just because that's the nature of athletics. Yes. But like the stuff that frustrates us, you know, like where can we get that out? And you know, and if we have to sign up to be each other's punching bags, we'll, we'll do it. Um, but I think it helps us to be better spouses at home because right. we're not taking all of this stuff home to them um, as well. And we're able to be, you know, more um, present with them at home. And if that wasn't the case, you know, I, I don't really know. I don't really know how it would be, honestly. I, I just don't think it would be good for both of us. Um, and, you know, our lives outside of work, too. But I do think that it's just hard to not – if you don't have someone, you're, you're going to get stuck in the sand, like the sinking sand. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to feel like you've made progress. Um, and then you're just looking for the next job. But, like, you have no one there to fight for you and um, encourage you. And Right. Because um, there'll be – even, like, when he's in conversations that I'm not in where he feels like I should be there and, you know, he's there to be my advocate, you know. He's there to be like, you know, maybe we should ask Olivia. Like, this is, you know – her kind of bread and butter, like, let's ask Olivia. And I'm not in that room, you know, but I have someone there that knows me, can fight for me and be my advocate. And if you don't have that, then, like, you're just going to get stuck. Um, and, you know, then that can be, I don't know. Yeah. 
And I think there's probably a misconception on some of that Absolutely. that that you have to um, that like that we hang out all the time at work. You know what I mean? Like or that we're like constantly together and all those things. Oh, you're like that's, you're goofing off. Yeah, right? I mean that, that's <laughs> like there are good, good there point. are natural yeah. boundaries in place. Like sure. we we may go a week without mm -hmm. really talking. We just have for yeah, the most part. Did. That's why we were catching up before <laughs> this started. Um, so it doesn't mean that like we're constant communication all the time. Like right. she, mm -hmm. I travel a lot. She's been traveling for conferences and different stuff. And um, there's been pretty minimal um, contact in between there. But yeah. when one of us needs something, mm -hmm. we right. kind of fall back into it, right? I mean, that's how a lot of friendships work. It doesn't mean you're together all the time. So I think that's maybe like a mental hurdle for a lot of people to get over that they don't want to be perceived as goofing, goofing off. off or wasting yeah. time or with, a, with a buddy mm -hmm. um, situation. But like, I, I think that's, that's a key thing, right? Like it, it, it kind of naturally comes and goes as we need each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly for us, again, like we saw each other in the hallway the other day and I was like, hey, well, he was walking away and I was like, hey, <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I need you for like five minutes, like work related things. I have a list for you. And he was like, sorry, I got to go to the next thing. Like, I'll, I'll catch you later. And then I caught him in the hallway and he was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my gosh, we haven't talked in like five days. I actually have to get things across to your desk. So, uh, but usually we do like, I'll try to, I know that he's not leaving at five o'clock. That's just who he is. So some of the times I'll get in there at like 530 and be like, when are you leaving? Oh, what do you have yes. to do tonight? Um, but then that's when we catch each other is like when, when we know that we're still at work, when we should be going home, or he'll call me on his way home, um, and you know if something came up that we weren't able to catch each other. But like that happens all the time. When we even when we were offices five feet from each other, um, constantly it was pictures back and forth of like I tried to come talk to you and you weren't here. I tried to come talk to you and you weren't here. Um, and so I think that's that was huge. Like we're not we're best friends, but like we're not. You know, don't just think best friends and you're opening a bottle of wine and enjoying each other's company. Like, that's not the case. Uh, we're, we're just there, you know, in the work setting, we're there for each other um, and we're advocates for each other. But um, and we're honest and, and trust each other. But we're, you know, still have our own lives. One more thing, too. I think those boundaries also probably give a lot of other people a little more at ease that you know, we're pretty fair with each other, right? There's like, right. there's no biases here. And like she said, we don't necessarily completely overlap, but we work on a lot of projects together mm -hmm. um, where maybe a bias could come in. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're pretty open with each other yeah. about those kinds of things, not treating uh, right. each other any differently than any other coworker when it comes to the work we need to get done. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, I wonder, do you, do you feel like you are better professionals because of your friendship? Are you better at your jobs because you have this source of support and friendship and maybe this honest feedback? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think so for sure. We're, we're both very career driven. Obviously, we got to this point because we're, you know, pretty okay at our jobs, I guess. Um, and and we, you know, we earned that. We, we've fought for that and worked really hard um, to get where we are. But I do think um, with with just being able to grow and challenge ourselves, um, it you can definitely get stuck in, um, you know, what your one lane and not think of things in the bigger picture. And because we have each other, we're definitely able to do a better job of that for sure. I think I'm better specifically because going back to being introverted and <laughs> Olivia being extremely extroverted, extremely, extremely extroverted. <laughs> okay. Hi, yes. <laughs> um, you know, it, and that's funny. You know this, like there's all types of, there's a wide spectrum of introverted. Yes. behavior right yeah. like I, I work in communications yeah. for a living I'm, I'm i'm very externally facing so can i flip a switch and and do those things i need to do yes but that's probably not my nature in terms of um just social interactions and those kinds of things i think olivia drags a lot of that out of me in a way that's probably good for career growth you know yeah. um where i want to go to being an athletic director it's very externally facing at all times and you're put in tons of social situations every day so um, and it, and that's not just her. Again, there's lots of other people in my life who are probably more extroverted than I am, and um, I think that that brings out the best of me too. Absolutely. I think she's one of the people that does that. I love Definitely, that. as a as a supervisor, like sometimes I'll get, um, I, I you know I like talking. That's you know, but some of the people that he supervises are kind of over in my area, and so they'll just come up to me. And sometimes his quietness can be despised as like. He's mad. 
And I'm like, no, no, he's not mad. He's just being quiet. So I have to like, I, I'm like trying not to be biased, but I'm like, just go and talk to him. Like he's literally the most compassionate person that exists. Like just go and tell him the truth. Yeah. And like he will, you know, have your back no matter what. But like you just have to be honest with him. Like he may just be sitting there, you know, not talking and you're taking it the wrong way. But, you know, that's just his him being introverted and so I think that yeah, helps that's good for me right like she has a pulse of the way other people perceive me mm-hmm. and can let me know that mm-hmm. right yes. um, and I would say probably the other way you can be very blunt <laughs> and, and, like just and very open and honest yeah. and that's probably taken the wrong yeah. way sometimes by people in the opposite direction mm-hmm. yeah. and I can advocate for you in the same way right that, that, absolutely that's just you know you communicate through honesty yeah and I come to him and take it out on him so that it doesn't get taken out on another. <laughs> and then he's like okay are you good now and I'm like uh-huh <laughs> all right <laughs> back to it yeah well I I hope that we are persuading people that um they can rethink this idea if they've had these you know sort of hard boundaries around friendships at work do you have any advice? I mean, anything that you would, um, maybe individually, but also as supervisors, about how we can cultivate more friendships at work, how we can create space for that, either like interpersonally, me, myself, or maybe as a supervisor, how do I make it possible for the people on my team to feel closer to others? Um, I think it's like super hard for people to be vulnerable, right? But um, I do think there can be similarities between you and someone else. You could be struggling with the same thing. Like when we first started to be very, very close, we both were elevated to positions that, you know, were totally different um, in some aspects, but we were being challenged with the same thing. We were we were leading departments. We were, um, you know, being placed on, on senior leadership and, not, and both of us had never done that before. Um, and so finding those similarities of someone that may be having a struggle to where you all can relate to each other um, and then, you know, a friendship can cultivate from that because there's not really another scenario where you feel more comfortable than if someone's struggling with the same thing that you're struggling with. And it's not even really a struggle. That could be an exaggeration. It could be an interest. It could be a hobby. Um, it could be anything. But you you are going to have to put yourself out there a little bit if yeah. that's not what you're used to. Me, I'm used to it. Him, not so much. Um, but it ended up working for us. But if you're the one struggling to where you're a Zach in this situation and you don't want to, I'm like saying that as like, I'm not saying that as not a compliment. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> but, you know, if you're, if you're a Zach and that's yeah. not, you know, something that you're super comfortable with, like, yeah. um, you're just going to have to put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the time it's going to pay off, but, but, you know, read a room, see someone, you know, that like, I think I could be friends with them or. Um, you know, we're kind of working on the same things. Maybe we could help each other out um, and then put yourself out there and then, you know, something can cultivate out of that. Because, I mean, that's that's truly how it started for us. We knew each other. We worked together. It was great. But then we, you know, there were p- two people that departed from our department that had been at Western Kentucky for 20 plus years. So it's a huge void um, that now we're being filled by Olivia and Zach that, you know, had never been in this position before. Yeah. So we had a lot of pressure on us to get it done. Um, and who else could relate to that pressure but us being able to, you know, confide into each other. So um, I don't know. That's the advice yeah. I have. I think as like a supervisor, and I'm, I feel like I'm still getting better at this or trying to get better, is just being more intentional to about providing opportunities for them to um, mm. grow relationships outside of work. Um, Olivia knows that's that's hard for me. I'm not the uh, I'm not the birthday party <laughs> celebrator. I'm not the you're not going to catch me planning uh, <laughs> anything like that. But I found that if I don't do that for some of the people that um, report to me that they may never make that final mm-hmm. leap With someone to else. connection. Yeah. Right. So in the last I mean, this year, I tried to be more intentional. We um, we had a Christmas party at my mm-hmm. house um, for my group. We we did top golf. We did bowling. And like I, maybe they don't become best friends out of that, but I think they have more common ground and they've spent yeah. some time together in an environment that has nothing to do with work, which is really, really hard for us to find. Um, it's, yes. At least in our world, you, your bonding typically is just sitting around talking about work. And um, yes. and that's another thing, too. Like we, we probably are coming off a little bit like it's like a vent session for most of us, <laughs> but it's not like yeah. I think there we have found common ground beyond work, which I think is like the final step Absolutely. in that. So as a supervisor, I've tried to be more proactive and putting them in those situations. And then to me, then it's, then it's kind of on them to, to take that. I can't push them finally into a friendship, but I can create an environment where that's welcomed 
more. Right. That's a, that's a great point. Like, so maybe a challenge to supervisors that are listening to this, like creating opportunities for the people that, you know, don't just do that on their own um, or that's their intuition to do that. Um, creating these opportunities for people to get together and, and be able to have opportunities to cultivate more than just, you know, um, I'm your coworker um, rather than I'm your friend. And got to give a shout out to Tiff Crooks. Like um, Tiff does a great job mm-hmm. of creating those opportunities. You know, we came from a smaller institution that did not have one, someone dedicated to making sure that we felt good and, and comfortable and, and provided us with opportunities to meet other people. And Tiff does a great job of that because we're coming to an athletic department that has 300 plus employees and like I, I still go to meetings. I mean, I'm almost year two and I go to meetings and I'm like, I've never seen that person before. Um, and honestly, I couldn't imagine if it wasn't for TIFF's programming. Yes. If I, I would never be in the same room as other people that, you know, work at Card Park or work at the stadium that don't aren't in sack with us every single day. Um, and so having someone to create those opportunities and then something can naturally cultivate out of that. Um, that's a little bit more organic than, than it seems seeming super forced. But yeah, challenges to supervisors and then having a TIFF. Having the tip, yeah, <laughs> that should be uh, that should be on a bumper sticker. <laughs> I have the tip. Um, love her so much, and I know yeah. she. Let's just shout her out a little bit because she <laughs> gets this. Yeah, I she think does. Tiff is someone who really understands engagement, and um, and understands that having closer relationships is everything. So yeah. love her so much. Yeah, she noticed that about us. I think probably before we even really told her. Um, and so she always knows now. Uh, so when you even like yes. pointed us out, she was like, yes, Zach and Olivia are perfect for this. But I mean, even just, I have him, but also I go to TIFF all the time. Yesterday yes. we talked and I updated her about, you know, we're trying to do some organizational stuff over in our department. And, and I kind of just like talked to her and, and I'm like, I've known TIFF for not that long now, but I feel like she knows me so well yes. and like, she knows what I'm capable of and, and is so encouraging and, so I really hope that everyone has someone like that yeah. too. Because I can put myself in other people's shoes, I think. Like we're both from Kentucky. I think we we naturally have again a support system nearby. I I know personally if I picked up and moved across the country, I would need someone to be intentional for me. Mm-hmm. Because I would be the person that would not yeah. be able to make friends right. with, within work. <laughs> right. I just know because yeah. I, I wouldn't take that leap to what needs to be done. Like someone would have to put me in that position <laughs> to succeed yeah. basically yes. with friendship. I, so I, I just know that it, I want to provide that to people. And Tiff is amazing at doing that and mm-hmm. providing people in an environment. She's not forcing people to hang out, but right. just presenting that in a way um, that seems less scary for people, mm-hmm. I think is a huge thing. Absolutely. And you have to make, you have like Tiff does, Tiff has a great personality, right? Like she's captivating. She makes you feel super comfortable, but like in supervisors, if you're listening to this and you, and you want to create those environments for your employees, you have to be comfortable in it too. Like if you do it and then it seems very forced and awkward, then like nothing organic is going to come out of it. So try to be, try to be captivating and comfortable, even if you are super uncomfortable, like just fake it, fake it for a little bit. Uh, so people can have the opportunity to, to meet other people and, and maybe find a friend out of it. Oh, I think that's so important that if you're trying to cultivate that kind of climate as a supervisor, you have to also walk the walk. Mm-hmm. So you have to be vulnerable as well. You know, I think sometimes su- supervisors want to be the expert on the mountaintop or something and not, um, you know, not be authentic. But you have to do that as well. That's what, that's a TIFF thing, I think, yeah, as well. Sure. She's super yeah. authentic. Yes. Well, you all, thank you so much. Yeah. I am so glad. I cannot tell you how glad I am. You are best friends. And, like, your best friendness the after that day at athletics, like, I just, like, for a while, I was like, that's, like, you just made me feel good. Just knowing, <laughs> like, they're over there, like, supporting each other. It's really cool. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have one more thing for you, and that's our speed yeah. round. And we're gonna do it sort of, you know, best friend style here. <laughs> oh no! I'll start a sentence, and you all each, how about, finish it with whatever comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. The first is, success is. Success is for personally probably just feeling fulfillment and like I made an impact. Me, That's what personally. I was going to say. I wasn't going to say fulfillment, but I was going to say you success. Let me go first, <laughs> I know so. because I didn't know what I was going to say yet. <laughs> but I I was going to say success is making an impact too. Yeah. That's truly more than like, you know, people like to base it off of numbers. I reached this revenue number. I reached this. But like truly, like, did you leave? Did you make an impact? Yep. That's yeah. it for me. 
Beautiful. This is best friend style. <laughs> a great boss. A great boss is uh, is compassionate um, and caring. A great boss is a really good communicator mm-hmm. who is invested in your growth. Mm. Someone who inspires me. Mm. Uh, I, I would probably say my mom and dad for very yeah. different reasons. My dad, like from a professional standpoint, um, probably my dad's work ethic. Um, he worked at Fort Knox for his whole career um, as a civilian. And then my mom was a, a first and second grade teacher and like care factor would be the thing with her. Like I saw the effort she put into her classroom uh, beyond mm. the, the school day every day. So I think that's probably something I've taken from each of them and it kind of inspired who I am as a professional. Um, the same for me. I mean, most of the time I would answer my dad only because the reason I'm in sports is because of him. He was a football coach majority of my life. And, um, you know, I was the little girl off, remember the Titans, um, when I was younger and on the sidelines with my dad yelling, you know, when I was three foot nothing. And, um, my dad was like, you're going to get ran over. Um, but, (laughs) um, he worked really hard. Um, he also gave up his football coaching career to be a principal so he could afford for me to go to college. So um, my dad worked really hard to make sure that I could be in the position that I'm in today. Um, but my dad's a coach, so he can be very hard and tough. And my mom is very kind. Um, and so I think I got a really, as much as I come off as very tough and uh, and like have like a coach-like mentality, yeah. I do feel like I have my mom's compassion and kindness um, towards others. So both of them. Okay, since we're doing best friend version here, <laughs> one thing that in- inspires you about each other? Oh. Like one quality that you find inspiring in, in each other? I wish that I had Zach's um, demeanor sometimes. Uh, he is just like so calm and cool. And like, even though I know there are the moments where his, uh, he's actually spinning inside of his head, majority of the time there are moments where he's just like not startled. Like there could be chaos and he handles it with, with just very, like he knows what to do next. He's very calm and I'm like opposite. I, if I'm in moments of chaos, I totally am handling it, but I'm like, <laughs> and running all over the place. And he's just very like, everything's okay. Let me just do this. Let me just do this. And then, and I'm just very opposite. I'm more like a tornado. So um, that's probably something that I love about him the most in in the work, in the work setting for sure. But he's also very, in, a very intentional person. Like when I'm having a conversation with him, like he's, he's a very good listener. So like, I know that he's listening to mm. me and being very intentional with our conversation, which sometimes I can be a little spacey. <laughs> I would say... Probably just Olivia's ability to adapt to different situations. Like you can probably tell just from today, like her ability to come in and command a room mm-hmm. if she needs to um, is really, really strong. If she feels like she needs to play a more passive role, I think she's really, really good in that too. Um, so like she can shift gears a little better than I can for sure, which I think is so important in, in any professional space. Mm-hmm. But um really the side of like taking command yes. like um and not, not trying to like it's not like she's overly trying to do it i think it just kind of happens naturally because of her personality and the way she can adapt to different kinds of people so that's probably a big thing for me that i wish i had i love it the best job i ever had was <laughs> i'm gonna say the one i have now Woo-hoo! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, we, we joked about this too like i i, I love that I, I would tell you if it wasn't yeah. um but I really feel like the jobs I've had, and like Olivia mentioned, I was in journalism before I came to work in college athletics. And um, I do feel like every job I've had is built on the one before it mm-hmm. in, in a really, really exciting way. So, yeah, I would say currently yeah. the one I'm in. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I left for I left the job that I was at for a very – I wanted to be challenged. I wanted to be in a new space, um, and I wanted to feel uncomfortable. And um, I think – uh, I've been able to do that here, but also I've been able to to show that I'm here. And I think that was really important. I was very scared that like 
I would get here. There's so many more people than where we were previously, and no one would know who I was. And <laughs> and um, and my superior has done a great job of just telling me that like you have made such an impact in, in just this short period of time. And so um, I definitely would say it was here because I've I've I'm dealing with things that I've never dealt before and and feeling super challenged and feel like it's made me a, a better professional for sure. I love that. I'm always so happy when people say the best job they ever had was the one they're doing now. <laughs> That's a big uh, sign of success. Okay, so think years ahead, you all. Like, Just try to project way ahead into the future. At my retirement party, I want people to say. I want people to say that Olivia made me feel very loved and seen. Um, it's probably my biggest thing. Like, I just, I want, I want always, he knows that I struggle with this. Like, I, I struggle with people, I do struggle with people being mad at me, um, or people thinking bad things about me. And, and so I always try to make everyone happy, you know, which can be a, a fault at times, but I do want everyone to always feel loved and, and seen, um, for who they truly are outside of their performance, outside of, you know, what they're supposed to be doing for their roles and responsibilities. Like, I never want someone to, to feel like I never made them, you know, feel like they could be themselves. I just want people to show up. <laughs> That'd be a great start. So, um, very similar. I, I would just hope that people feel like I treated them well and that that I showed that I cared about them, you know, in, in my own way of, of leadership and style. I think that I, I do believe that. I think they know that I care about them. Um, even if I'm I'm not the most outgoing person, I think the the one-on-one -on -one conversations and, and those things that I put in, um, I think show that, and that's what I would hope that they would take away. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you both, and uh, I believe that you are role modeling for lots of other people the power of friendship, um, and I think it's gonna. Who knows? I just think it's gonna take you uh, so many places in your career. I'm excited to follow along. And really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting us. The Employee Success Podcast is a project of the Employee Success Center at the University of Louisville. Hosted by me, Brian Buford, Executive Director for University Culture and Employee Success. Produced by Laura McDaniels, with support from the whole team at the center, who are all devoted to making your work life a great experience. Learn more about the Employee Success Center at louisville.edu slash employee success. Till next time, thanks friends.